And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, Jesus is describing here the signs of the last day, the day he comes to put an end to this world and judge the living and dead for all eternity. So yes, the world is filled with distress of nations right now and roaring of the seas and fainting and with foreboding right now. We see this all the time. However, what Jesus is talking about here is not about the signs leading up to that final day. He's actually talking about the signs that will happen on that final day. The signs that will accompany it. That, that, that will happen as a result of that final day. These aren't warning signs. These are the things that will take place in that moment. So how do we know this? Jesus himself says so. He says there will be, that there's just going to be absolute chaos, bedlam, and a catastrophic unraveling of the world, of all of creation. Signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, distress, flooding, fear, and fainting, and so on. And then Jesus says, for... Or because the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now this is a major thing. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. This is not an earthquake. We've seen the earthquake. We've never seen the heavens quake. We've never seen the universe quake. This is unlike anything we have ever seen or heard. It's not like, like we're going to see this uh, or, or like we're just going to see this neat little constellation of stars or some new pattern uh, show up and then say, ah, that must mean Jesus is coming soon because this star is at that place or this or that. Uh, no, what Jesus is saying here is far more dire and cataclysmic. What he's saying is that the entire universe is coming undone, tearing apart at the seams. This will be galactic chaos, enormous floods like we've never seen, distress like we've never felt, all on the same day in the same moment. And Jesus says that men will faint out of fear. Now, what I think this means is that people will be having heart attacks just at the sight of what is happening. People will be dying just at the, the sight of what's going on, fainting. We oftentimes think that the last day is just going to happen uh, suddenly, instantly, uh, there in a moment. Uh, that's how it will come to us, yes, like a thief in the night. But it won't be over quickly. Uh, it's called the last day. We oftentimes think it will be painless and quick and easy. But that's not the case. Not from what Jesus is saying here today. That whoever is still alive in that moment, I think they are going to see a lot of stunning things. Scary and awesome and terrifying things. Maybe we will be the ones to see it. 
uh, maybe not. God, have mercy upon us. That we pray that, he would, uh, that we would see him before them. Uh, but this is what Jesus teaches us here today. This is a prophecy. This is what will happen when he returns. His final advent won't be like his first advent, his first coming to us in humility. When he first came, he came in humility, in meekness, in lowliness, in the flesh of a child, in the flesh of, flesh of a lonely man. He came in a manger, in a stable, in sweat and tears and blood. Uh, but that is not how he will return. He will come in fire with vengeance and justice in his veins. He will come with all of his glory and power and majesty and all of his might. The same God who spoke this universe into existence with a word is coming again and with a word will completely undo it. Every galaxy will collapse before him. And he will unfold the heavens and the earth like a scroll in front of him. Why is Jesus telling us all of these things? What is his purpose in describing all of these sorts of awful things to us? Is it so that we can get ready so that we would have warning signs to be prepared That would be the case if these were the events leading up to that last day, to that final moment. But Jesus says that this is the last day. This is what the last day is going to be. In verse 35, Jesus says, That day will come upon you as a snare, suddenly like a trap. It's too late then. You cannot prepare yourself for the last day on the last day. The time to repent has passed. So if these signs are not given to us as a warning, as a way to give us time to repent at the last minute, uh, to gather what we have and try and prepare ourselves for uh, the coming of Christ, uh, then why does he tell us these things? Why does he give us these signs of the last day itself at all if those signs are going to be too late to do anything about it? Those signs will be horrific, they will be deadly and terrifying, and the worst possible thing that you can imagine. Nothing like this has ever happened, nothing like it will ever happen. Again, this is a once in an eternity event, one-time thing, never to be repeated. It's not like people on that day are going to say, look, we've seen this before, we can explain what's going on here. No, this is outside of history. Never observed an entirely new thing, and Jesus is telling us that it will happen before it actually happens. He gives us a glimpse into what's going to happen. This will be terrifying, and still, Jesus says right after saying all of these frightening things he says this he says don't be afraid look up lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near what is he doing what is he saying how could the universe crumble all around us and we lift our heads up in joy I don't think Jesus is saying we won't be afraid. I think what he is saying is this. On the very worst day of history, on the very day this world is destroyed, which will be unlike anything anyone has ever seen or imagined, we can and we should be fearless before God. 
And this is because God is not coming to be against us on that day. Not only will Jesus be for us and protect us against all harm and danger and deliver us from all evil, but he is using the very events themselves to accomplish our good. These are the signs not of our destruction or condemnation. These are the signs of our redemption. The signs that he is coming to save us, to rescue us and free us from all trouble. And this is what we can imply from his words here today. If you don't have to be afraid on that last day, the day when the powers of the heavens are shaken, the day when the foundations of the universe fall out from under you, then you don't have to be afraid of anything. If you have no reason to be afraid of the very last day, the absolute worst day of this world, then you don't have to be afraid of any day, no matter what that might be. Because Jesus is with you and for you. This is what Psalm 46 is all about. Listen to the psalm. Um, It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Be still and know that I am God. The Lord of hosts is with us. All right. Uh, With all this being said, you might say, look, this is nice. um, But how in the world am I supposed to look at this as a positive moment, as a positive event? Uh, How am I supposed to look forward to this day and straighten up my head in that moment I I can't understand how any of this is going to be a good thing when everybody is fainting around me and uh, the world is is turning upside down. How would that make me hopeful? Uh, Well, I'll explain this by way of a comparison. Uh, This is the last part. So uh, last year, I used the analogy of an army attacking a castle. Uh, A lot of you found this very helpful uh, to understand what the last day was about. After I preached that sermon, I saw a story on the news that I thought was fitting. So uh, to explain how this final disaster should actually fill you with joy, I'm going to compare it to something that happened five years ago in the news. Uh, In December of 2015, a college student by the name of Nicholas Collius and his friend were invited by a young woman uh, to a party. And the young woman drove them far away from the college campus and eventually brought them to the house where the party was going to be. But she lied to them. It wasn't a party. It was a trap. And soon after walking into the house, they sat on the couch and then the lights suddenly went out. And a group of men wearing masks and holding guns and bats and knives bursted into the room And when Nicholas tried to run away, one man shot his leg with a rifle. And then he was knocked unconscious with a bat. And he woke up a little later on the bathroom floor. And the group of men, uh, they started to torture 
both of these guys in ways that I'm uncomfortable to even say. The group of men took turns beating and inflicting pain upon these two guys. And they were both bound and with, with duct tape and wire and with no way to escape, bleeding, left bruised and busted and no way to call for help either. Uh, they were both certain that these guys were just going to torture them until they died. They kept hearing gunshots, uh, taunting, and so on from these guys. Forty hours, forty hours of torture, uh, forty hours into this, all of a sudden there was a great sound, a massive explosion, unlike all of the other noises, and the house lit up completely. And Nicholas said that he thought these men were blowing up the house and burning it down. And he was certain he was going to die there. But it turned out that that explosion wasn't from these masked men. Rather, that explosion was from the SWAT team who detonated explosives and blasted their way into the home. And the SWAT team took down these guys, these bad guys, untied Nicholas and his friend and rescued them. And they took them to the hospital. And when Nicholas saw his father after all of this, his father said, you're safe now. You're all right now. All of the torture and pain and everything is now over. All right. Dear saints, that is what the end of this world will be like for you. That is what Jesus' second coming, his final advent, will be like for you. We'll be startled by that explosion that last day. And at that very moment, it will be a terror to your enemies. A nightmare to the devil and all of his demons and those who hate the Lord. But that sound, as scary as it seems, will also be the moment of hope and joy for you. That explosion will be the sweetest sound to your ears, the most beautiful noise for you and those who trust in Jesus because that is not the sound of your destruction. That is the sound of your redemption. That final day is the sound of your Redeemer kicking in the door to this fallen world and coming to save you. When the world runs around in fear, hiding their faces, you will lift up your eyes and your head and you will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great glory and might. You'll see the one who has come to save you. You'll see Jesus come to put an end to all of your misery, an end to all of your torture, your sorrow, your sadness, your grief and anxiety of this life. He will come to put an end to all of your sin and all of your guilt and all of your pain. The same God who poured out his blood on the cross to forgive you is the same God who is coming to save you again, to free you from this broken and fallen world, to bring you to heaven with him. He has redeemed you right now in this moment by faith. In 1 Peter 1.18, it says, You were redeemed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. In Titus chapter 2, verse 14, says, God gave himself for us to redeem us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 5 says, You know that Christ appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. 
So yes, Jesus came to redeem you now by faith, but soon, soon you will see that redemption coming to you. And in that final advent, Jesus will simply bring to completion and fulfillment what he already accomplished on his cross. So don't be afraid of anything. Don't let your heart be weighed down by anything. Stay awake at all times. And pray that God give you strength to endure. Make this sanctuary your home. Cling to God's word, which will never pass away. And remember that you are not of this world, because this world and everything in it will pass away. But you will live forever. So lift up your heads. Your redemption draws near. I hear the words of this hymn. He comes to judge the nations, a terror to his foes. A light of consolations and blessed hope to those who love the Lord's appearing. O glorious sun, now come. Send forth your beams so cheering and guide us safely home. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.